Hey, it's Corey Parson, the fantasy executive here. This week, we have another full slate of games to look forward to. Luckily for us, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, has us covered with so many different ways to get in on the action. DraftKings Sportsbook is based right here in the U.S., not offshore, so you know your funds are safe and secure. Plus, they have new odds boosts and promotions on your favorite sports every day. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet from wherever, whenever. You don't even have to leave your house. And for those where sports betting is not available yet, head to DraftKings app and check out their daily fantasy sports contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SI when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code SI to get you a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonuses comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER on Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. This is the SI Fantasy Podcast. He's going to see his production decrease at least 15 to 20%, so I think he might actually be a fantasy bust in 2020. Head to SI.com slash fantasy for all the latest news, advice, and more to help you win your league. I look at his athletic ability, his explosiveness. He's very good in the red zone. He's able to get you those touchdowns. I mean, this guy had five touchdowns and 30 receptions. That's pretty much unheard of. Don't forget to subscribe to SI Fantasy Plus for even more content you won't find anywhere else. Every single running back in his first year as the featured back under Andy Reid dating back to 1999 has been the RB10 or better. How can we go wrong here with the glide guys? Here are your hosts, Corey Parson, Dr. Roto, and Michael Fabiano. What's up and welcome inside the SI Fantasy Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com. I'm Corey Parson, the fantasy executive joined as always by Michael Fabiano and Dr. Roto. Coming up for the next couple of minutes, we try to get you ready for week two for as much as we know about what's going on. Obviously, SI Fantasy Plus is where the content is at, where you can keep on track of everything throughout the course of the week. If you have not subscribed yet, go ahead and do yourself that solid. There's some good stuff going down over there. All right, so we got some injuries to get to. We got Thursday Night Football to get to. Wave wire recap. Mike, what's going on with you, my man? Man, all is good. I mean, still trying to get over the decision not to kick a field goal. But hopefully we'll be feeling a little bit better against Atlanta. That's going to be a high-scoring game. A lot of fantasy goodness in that one. Fantasy fireworks will take place in Dallas on Sunday. Right now at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the Cowboys are laying five and a half in that contest last I saw. Doc, what's up with you, my man? How'd the waiver wire go? Waiver wire went well, exact. I'll tell you this, though. I just have a feeling that week two is going to be topsy-turvy. Like the guys mm-hmm. that you expecting to produce uh, again from week one, I, I think you're just going to see the opposite this, this week. Don't ask me why, but you just never know what the NFL, but that's my prediction about this week. Yeah, you know what, Doc? There's always like three or four weeks that go completely sideways. And when I was looking at some of the matchups, I, I kind of had the same sort of <laughs> the same sort of feel. So we'll we'll find out. So let's hop right in and discuss that uh, that 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 right there. And let's talk with a name right off the top. Is things going to flip flop? Obviously, we got some injury concerns to deal with and see how that shake out. But are things going to flip flop with Pittsburgh in that backfield? Where did Benny Snell come from? Benny Snell's a good back. He lost some weight in the offseason, looks really good. And the, the bigger concern to me is boy, can James Conner just, I mean, he can't get through a quarter and he's hurt already. And yep. God bless the guy, came back from cancer. 
had a very strong season when Le'Veon Bell decided he wasn't going to play for the Steelers a couple of seasons back. But since then, I mean, he's just been absolutely frustrating from a fantasy perspective. And at this point, if Snell is the guy and Connor is inactive against Denver, that is a very strong flex start for me. What do you think about that, Doc? You know what I've never understood is that I watch Benny Snell play in Kentucky and he looked like a pro. And then all of a sudden he gets drafted and people are like, nah, he's really not that good. But sometimes, as you always said, exec, you know, your eyes don't deceive you, right? You see, you mm-hmm. know what you're seeing. And I'm seeing Benny Snell's a good running back. Now, can he coexist with Connor? I, I think so. I think that, that Connor, I know they want to have a three down back, but I think Snell is deserving of carries either way. I think he showed a night. Now, I, go, I know it was against the Giants, but I think he showed he's going to get eight to 10 touches, whether Connor's healthy or not. Yeah, I think Benny Snell's is a play going forward. If he was on your waiver wire, hopefully that was a priority for you. We discussed Naheem Hines a little bit earlier this week and how he went down, how that went down. And obviously, me and Doc did a video over SI.com with the good buddy, Philip B. Wilson, talking about how Hines is going to be involved in that situation. But Jonathan Taylor is the man right now, at least the starting running back. Mike, when you look at the big injury news of the week, Michael Thomas could miss several weeks for the New Orleans Saints. I got a ton of Emmanuel Sanders. In some leagues, maybe 10 team leagues, something like that, you can get in on that bandwagon. But what do you think about that rest of that Saints wide receiving core? Do they bring in Des Bryant back? Do they reach out to Emmanuel Sanders' old teammate, Demarius Thomas? Is it Traquan Smith time? What do we see? Well, Traquan's probably going to get the first crack at it, right, on uh, Monday night against the Las Vegas Raiders. So uh, time will tell, but they could be in the mix for adding a wide receiver off the street. Wouldn't it be interesting if it was Des coming back? to New Orleans, but breaking down what this means for the rest of the team, Drew Brees obviously is going to lose some, lose some stock here, folks, because he just lost the top wide receiver in the game. So I would expect New Orleans to want to run the ball a little bit more. Maybe Latavius Murray has a little bit more standalone flex value because New Orleans wants to keep it on the ground. Obviously Sanders will see more opportunities. Jared Cook though, This guy could end up being a top 10 fantasy tight end for the entirety of the season, especially without Michael Thomas in the mix. And he's been pretty good. He had five catches, 80 yards last week. He's had at least 84 yards or a touchdown in six of his last seven games. This week, you've got a game that that is a is a 50 and a half point over under based on DK Sportsbook. So there's going to be points scored in this contest. Jared Cook, man. You get him in your lineup, and you're going to keep him there until Michael Thomas comes back, and maybe even after that. Doc, you know, you know, Doc, the nickname Bigfoot. We always hear about the talent, but we've never seen it. And now Mike just broke down a lot of the talent that Jerry Cook does has in the streak that he's on right now. But boy, when I put Jerry Cook in my lineup, he is a major disappointment. What do you think about Cook and the rest of those options on the Saints? Yeah, I'm not hitching my wagon to Jared Cook. I, I mean, I know he's in the right position, but. The, the, the trust factor is low, right? The trust factor is low. So I'm not saying he can't flash, he can, but I, I think Fabs was onto something else there. I think you're going to see a lot more Latavius Murray and watch to see Alvin Kamara be, mo- be moved around a little bit, right? Maybe he, they make him more of a slot receiver, right? And maybe they put uh, Murray more in the backfield. I'm just saying that could happen. They've been talking all preseason, all training camp about how much they like Traquan Smith. Well, Put up or shut up, dude. This is your time to shine now. If you can't shine without Michael Thomas there, then there's no hope for you, really. So look for Traquan. I think I would bid on him, but I wouldn't bid too heavily. I think Cook will flash here and there, but I really like Lat Murray. Yeah, Lat Murray is somebody that's interesting. 
um name that that came up, and I remember when he when he got with the Saints in the offseason, Me and uh, Kyle Mosley, who covers the Saints right here with the all with the all Saint with uh, Saints news, we spoke about him and and and, some, and and a handful of other guys. So it's going to be interesting to see what goes down. Chris Godwin, Mike dealing with concussion. We got both Tampa wide receivers and just Tom Brady, not the best performance in week one. What do you think about this situation? Clearly keep tabs on what's going on with Godwin concussion protocol. Mike Evans has been limited, played a, a pretty close to a full complement of snaps last week. Just didn't get any targets, probably still at less than hundred percent, but you could see Scotty Miller come out and make an impact again. We talked about him last week, uh, had a pretty decent game in PPR format. So if, you're down Godwin and Evans at less than 100%. You could see more from Miller this week against Carolina. Maybe a little bit more from O.J. Howard. I guess maybe a little bit more from Gronkowski, although I still, I, I just I just can't trust Gronkowski uh, on a week-to-week basis. So Scotty Miller, though, when you look at his price right now on DraftKings, pretty low. And if Godwin can't play, I would fire him up in DFS. Well, Doc, you, that's your boy right there, Doc Scotty Miller. I've only been talking about him for the last two weeks, right? So I love Scotty Miller. I think he has standalone value even with Godwin there. Brady just finds these guys he likes, right? And he just has has latched on to Scotty Miller. I don't know. Maybe he's like a lost dog in the middle of, in the, on the street. I don't know. But he loves Scotty Miller. And I think Scotty Miller has value. And I'm going to give you a name. Here's where topsy-turvy happens this week, okay? I'll give you two guys on the Buccaneers. One, I think Gronk does flash this week. If they go to two wide receiver sets, I think you're going to have Gronk and O.J. Howard out there. And also, oh, let's not forget about a guy named Leonard Fournette. Do not believe for one second that Rojo is going to get the carries this week. The Panthers have one of the worst run defenses in all the NFL. And if there was ever a week to let Fournette shine, this would be the week. Interesting stuff. Leonard Fournette, a Fournette site. And Mike, what do you think of that? I, I'm on the opposite end of that one. Last week, Rojo dominated the touches. He dominated the snaps. Fournette played nine snaps last week. I understand the matchup's great. Don't get me wrong. And if Rojo blows an assignment, fumbles, drops a pass, then Fournette could come in and be the guy. I think Ronald Jones is the better of those two plays this week, and, and I would start him in, a, in the flex position. Carolina's just trash against the run. They were trash against the run last season. They made Josh Jacobs look like Marcus Allen last week with three touchdowns. So I, I'm on the Rojo train this week. Uh, I, I may be jumping off ahead of week three, but this week uh, I'd go with Rojo. Fournette scores this week. Book it. Book it. Ooh. Book it. Fournette scores this week. Scores. Easy. Easy pickings right here. I'm telling you, 4,800. He's cheap. He's cheap on the sites. Look into Fournette. Oh, that was visionary. (laughs) Roto visionary. Miles Sanders, excuse me. A little bit hot down here. Miles Sanders, this um, um, full participant in practice yesterday. Looks like he could give it a shot to get out there, Mike. That Philadelphia Eagle offense, though, in that second half, was it, was it, was it the, the, the O-line and or, or, does, or, or the Washington football's team deep defensive line couldn't be this dominant? Well, I mean, the Eagles' offensive line's all banged up. They're hoping to get Lane Johnson back this week. But if Miles Sanders is active for the Eagles, he's got to be active for you, right? Even if he only gets 15 touches in the game, at worst, he's a flex starter. You drafted him in the first or second round, so... I would expect that the snaps and the touches could be a bit limited because he missed so much time in camp. There was no preseason. Obviously, he didn't play last week, so I'm sure Philadelphia going to ease him in a little bit slowly, so don't expect uh, a game with 25 touches. But at worst, he's a flex starter if he's active. What do you think, Doc, about Miles Sanders and this Eagles offense right now? Well, I really – look, 
the offensive line is, is, is a mess, and we know that. I think Lane Johnson returning would be huge for this offense, but let's just say he's not back this week. Did you see what Washington did to that team? What mm-hmm. do you think the Rams are going to do? Aaron Donald? He's, he, and Chase Young is good, but he's no Aaron Donald. Jonathan Allen is good, but you know, there's a lot of guys there for the Rams that can, that can really get to the quarterback. So I, I, I always will ne- I'll never tell you guys to sit a Miles Sanders. He's your first-round pick, so you play him. But that said, I, I think the Eagles are in big trouble. They could be 0-2 this week, and Cowboy fans are going to be pretty happy because I think they're going to beat Atlanta. And uh, I just worry about the Eagles right now with that offensive line. That's music yeah. to my ears. Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be nice, you know. You know, Mike, do you think? And I actually, and, I, and the same goes to you, Doc. Is it time to stash Jalen Hurts? No, uh, unless you feel like Wentz is going to go down with some kind of injury. I don't think so, man. They're not I don't think a benching is coming, but Wentz gets injured. Right? No, no. In that case, if you've got a deep roster and you're in a deeper league, then maybe. But he is not somebody I'm looking at picking up off the waiver wire at this point. Doc, I've never been a big fan of Hurts. Like, I was, I liked him a little bit better his last year at Oklahoma, and I see a little bit what they're talking about. But they drafted him for a reason, and Wentz is not the pillar of health. You're onto something, right? You're onto something here, exact. But I mean, most of us play in, was it 16 man rosters, 20 man rosters? I don't think you can do it. If you're in a dynasty league, I mean, obviously you'd have him anyway, but you'd have to be in a super deep league. But it does make sense because look, Wentz could get injured walking in the bathroom in the middle of the night. I mean, this guy's Mm. fragile, right? But I mean, with if their offensive line is this is this shoddy, then Wentz could get injured. I mean, I don't root for injury for anybody. Certainly Wentz because he, he deserves not. better than that. But I mean, Hurts. I think Hurts will play at some point this season. Yeah, I would tend to agree with it that Hurts will play at some point this season, and he could be an interesting dynamic. It could be a big time pickup off the wire if that does happen. Hey, Mike, yo. I've injured myself walking to the bathroom at the middle of the night. You know, you stub your toe. <laughs> On the you like you stub your toe on something and that can be crippling, you know what I mean? If you don't see that happening, so um, you know, and hopefully that doesn't happen to Carson Wentz or anybody. What? <laughs> Who's exact backup? Who do we draft? Exact, we got a roster exact, backup. You're, you're you're cracking me up, man. You're cracking me up. I've never gotten injured going to the bathroom in the middle of the night, but I will tell you this. I go to the bathroom in the middle of the night a heck of a lot more than I'd like to admit it at this point. So, <laughs> Just wait to hit but, I, but I'm still but I'm still injury free at this point. Very good, very good. Um, AJ Brown was limited in practice yesterday, but listen, I, the Corey Davis thing. Now, come on, now, are you are you are, are you kidding me? All this these is, years later, this is what he does, man. It's one game, and, and and some will get excited. I won't, but dude, AJ Brown. He could have had a bigger game, dropped that pass in the end zone from Ryan Tannehill. Probably should have had that one, but I don't buy it. Fabs, you thought that was Brown? I thought Tannehill overthrew him by about two yards. It went, it looked like it went right through his no, hands because was- AJ Brown, when he turned around, was kind of like, oh man, almost like he could have caught that one. Look at that again. I think he overthrew him by about two feet. Yeah, the the, the highlight that I saw, it looked like Brown. If you're an, if you're a number one wide receiver, I feel like you should be able to come down with that pass. So I was a bit disappointed in that disappointed in the fact that he didn't get many touches at all in the first half of that game, but he's still the dude. Corey Davis isn't even somebody I put in a claim for, and he was available in a lot of my leagues. Doc is it, is Corey Davis this year's Devonte Parker. 
<laughs> no. Um, look, the problem is, is that Arthur Smith oh, is, is Kenny, a mad scientist. Oh, 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 Kenny Britt. He's a mad scientist, <laughs> Kenny Britt. right? Nice. Right. You know, you got you got Derrick Henry, right? And so you want to run him, and you run him, and you run him, and you run him. And then you kind of forget that A.J. Brown exists. Then in the second half, they're like, oh, we have this guy named A.J. Brown. And they finally gave him those passing targets, you know, those quick little five-yard passes that he could take to the house like he did last year. But you've got to get this guy involved in all game long. They had Davis in the first half. And then you didn't see him in the second. It was vice versa. So they've got to come up with some consistency here. Hmm. You know, the Corey Davis thing is interesting. But no, you know, because, you know, every now and then, because like if this is the last year of his rookie deal, somebody could have gotten his hand. Like, listen, you're going to be out this league if you don't perform this year. And see, when the money talk, you glad times you can see these guys pick up. I'm just saying, I get it. I'm not going to go out and, and, and add Corey Davis in my leagues just yet. But I'm going to be keeping an eye on that situation because because if the check has to be cut, then Corey Davis is going to try to get it, if you know what I'm saying, because I know all of us would. Now, we got a good game tonight, Thursday night. Well, maybe not a good game, but we do have a game tonight, Thursday night football coming up, right? Football night, not football night in America. That's Sunday. But we got Thursday night football, AFC North battle. Listen, it's not the most intriguing matchup like most Thursday night games are, but we do have – Fantasy. Well, we do have NFL and fantasy football lineups need to be set. The Cleveland Browns are laying six points to the Cincinnati Bengals at home. Mike, I'll be honest with you. I like Cleveland to bounce back in this game. But, you know, you talked about um, Odell Beckham and how, you know, he, you know, you, he was one of your busts coming into the season. And you were pretty good at nailing that because he looked very disinterested in week one. Listen, I think it's Baker Mayfield. I think they're wasting a player in his prime. I think they should move him, but just a terrible performance from Cleveland. But it was on the road versus Baltimore. Yeah, it was a tough matchup, and OBJ is frustrated, man. I mean, the targets were there. He had 10 targets. I don't know how accurate Baker Mayfield is or was. To me, they've got to do a better job. Jarvis Landry is banged up, too, so there's a shot that he could potentially be inactive in this game, which would mean more targets uh, for the likes of OBJ, Austin Hooper. But I just looked at Stefanski's offense, and it's never really prioritized wide receivers. Of course, he's never had a wide receiver as talented as OBJ. But you know what, guys? Sometimes a fit just doesn't it doesn't work. And being in Cleveland has not worked for Odo Beckham Jr. So didn't work last season. Doesn't necessarily mean that, well, that was last season. He was banged up and things will get better. The offensive line is better. Doesn't necessarily mean things are going to get better. And if any uh, indication coming from week one, maybe it's not going to get better. The matchup was bad. Again, I I still would start them, uh, especially against Cincinnati this week. But one good thing, you look at Baker Mayfield's numbers career-wise, and I get it, it's a short sample size. He's done very well against Cincinnati in his career. I think he's had four starts against him, three games with over 20 fantasy points. So that bodes well for OBJ. You got to play him, man. If he can't get it done on Thursday night in this contest tonight against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, then it's going to start. Uh, time for you know for those red flags to start flying again. What do you think, Doc, about this Brown situation? I think you're a little off. I think this game is actually a more interesting game than people give it credit for. First of all, can Baker Mayfield finally complete some passes and live to his potential? Secondly, can can they involve Beckham properly on offense? Are they going to the split between Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt? Right. So there are things I'm watching for the Bengals. You know, can they can Joe Burrow play better, improve on last week? I mean, what about Joe Mixon? He disappeared. And can A.J. Green stay healthy? And, you know, somebody here is going to be 0-2. 
you fall 0-2 in a division with the Ravens and the Steelers, <laughs> you know, you're putting yourself uh, in, in a little bit of a situation. So I think this game has some obviously fantasy implications. I mean, I know I have Beckham on a couple of rosters. I know I have Hunt on a couple of rosters. And look, I, I think that Baker Mayfield is better than he's shown, but he's got to start proving it ASAP. Yeah, no doubt the clock is ticking on Baker Mayfield because, listen, when, you, when you're playing a city like Cleveland and it has horrible bad luck, especially at the quarterback position, you know, the fans are going to start thinking and those boo birds can start coming down. And Here then comes you'd be Case like Mitchell, Yeah, and then you'd be like Mitchell Trubisky asking him to turn the TV off in Hallis Hall. Um, you know what I was thinking would be an interesting spot for Beckham if they do think about moving him? Well, obviously the Bengals would be a great spot. They're not going to move him in the division. What about the D.C. football team? They got a they got a quarterback on a rookie contract, Terry McLaurin. You know, you know, you know Beckham would love to be back in the NFC East. Nothing. The 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 first team that always comes to mind when something like this happens is New England. <laughs> like <laughs> always, because they always got like what, I mean Cam Newton. They may have found uh, they may have found an absolute gem and, and paid him next to nothing. So I always think New England in, in a situation like this, but I cannot see Odo Beckham Jr finishing his career with the Cleveland Browns. Not the way things have gone. Yeah. I, I, I like both those ideas. I think New England makes a ton of sense. And, you know, but can he play ball? Because New England doesn't suffer fools, right? As we've seen with Antonio Brown. I like the DC idea. I like that he comes back to, it gets to play uh, the Cowboys, gets to play the Eagles, gets to play the G-Man a couple of times. So look, I just think there's no, you guys are 100% right. He's not finishing his career with the Browns. I don't even know if he finishes the season with the Browns. How about that? I I think that's I think that's closer to being a reality because I just can't see it at this point because obviously you know he knows the level of talent they know they can get something for him you don't want him to become a malcontent because listen there's franchise is still going to be built around that young quarterback and not that wide receiver so you need that quarterback to be as comfortable as possible it could be a situation like when Eli Manning was brought in and Jeremy Shockey would come into the huddle and say you better throw me the football I'm gonna punch you in the face. They had to get shocked you off the team. <laughs> then they won championships. You see what I'm saying? So stuff like that can take place. Um, anybody keeping an eye, uh, Mike, on this situation with um the Denver Broncos running backs and Philip Lindsay not practicing? I don't know that Lindsay's going to play this week or for a few weeks. Turf toe, that thing can be a big problem, a huge problem. I mean, just ask Deion Sanders, right? I, I don't know that it's that serious, but I would expect Melvin Gordon to be the bell cow this week. And you're going to start him because of the the volume that he'll see. Royce Freeman will also see some work again, assuming that Lindsey doesn't play. But damn, the Steelers were good, man. I mean, against Saquon Barkley, for most of that game, I had more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley. Right? And mm. that tells you all you need to know about how good Pittsburgh's defense was. So you probably got to play Gordon this week because the volume will be there if Lindsey is out. But this is a bad matchup for Denver and for that uh, for that offense. There is not a player maybe outside of Noah Fant uh, that I'd start with any kind of confidence. And I don't know that Cortland Sutton's playing this week either. I couldn't agree more. And by the way, if Jerry Judy eats with those hands, dude, he's going to have food all over his his chest because that guy was running before he was catching. You do that in the NFL, you have a very short career in the NFL. And then let me just say one other thing. How good was Fant in the first half? And then he became a phantom in the second half. They didn't even go near him. <laughs> Come on, Fangio. That was one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL, and I'm not I'm not being under uh, understated here. I think that's fact. Some guys are better off as coordinators than they are as coaches. It was a whole terrible job with the clock management. They don't get the right players in the right situations. Uh, Denver. I don't know what Elway's thinking half the time. 
every time I th- I hear someone say he's better as a coordinator than a coach, I always think of North Turner. Yeah, <laughs> like always think of North Turner. That's a good example. Yeah, no, no sure, doubt. Pat Shermer too. Yeah, that is he's in the he's in the dictionary. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. It's, 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 it's uh, Wade Phillips. Oh, Wade! Now, now, now you so, just broke the, my heart with that one. Thirteen and three. We go into the playoffs with a first round bye. Who do we run into in round two? You know exactly what I'm talking about, guys. The Giants. The Cowboys had about twelve penalties in that game. That was a Romo and To. The team was absolutely stacked. Was going to the Super Bowl, and uh, yeah. That 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 was one team that may have been Wade Phillips's best team as a coach in the National Football League. You just took me back to a, a sunken moment, Mike. Yes, um, I, well, we've got a lot of those as Cowboys fans in the last twenty years. No, but that one right there is a uh, that one. It hurt. I, I've cried twice. Uh, <laughs> the catch, I cried for the catch when I was a yep. little tiny three year old boy. When the catch happened, I, I crawled under the table and I, and I cried. When that game happened in 2007, I was a grown man. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I was no, a grown dude. man. That <laughs> one I, hurt, man. Yeah, no. You, it, it was the Patrick Creighton drop. That would have been a touchdown. Patrick mm-hmm. Creighton ran the wrong route in the back of the end zone. It was some horrible calls in that game. And then the Giants go on to win the Super Bowl. Um, We did beat the Buffalo Bills, though, and they played the Miami Dolphins this week. Zach Moss <laughs> meter is going up. Yeah, it is. No question about that. And if you if you believe in roles and game script, well, if Buffalo's hammering Miami and they're favored in this game, clearly, well, Zach Moss would benefit because Buffalo would be running the ball in the second half. He's the guy who could be the clock killer uh, between the tackles, the bruising runner, whereas Devin Singletary, more of a guy who's going to catch the ball out of the backfield. So I like Moss this week as a as a flex starter for those people uh, who, who may not have a James Conner this week and don't have Benny Snell to back him up. Moss and Singletary basically split the touches almost evenly down the middle in week one. So it's not like one guy or another really emerged as the featured back. But just based on projected game script in this contest, I think like Moss uh, can end up being a better play than Singletary. Yeah, Doc, I would agree with that. I think you're going to see Moss being a better play than Singletary most weeks. Um, last week was weird because you had the Jets were so bad that Allen could just sit back there and he could showcase his arm and then he ran when he didn't have any receivers open. But I think gen- generally, Singletary is a very shifty, good back with very good vision, but Moss is just a big dude. Right. And he can catch and he can run and it's just hard to take down. And especially when you're winning in the fourth quarter, like the Bills will probably be doing most of the games. He's the guy you want in there uh, in the fourth quarter getting all those carries. So I think if your league gives you like rushing attempts, you know, he should be at like 15 or 20 most weeks where I think Singletary be more like 10 to 12. So I think Moss is the guy to have there. Word, word to the wise. If you are a Devin Singletary owner, hold on to Devin Singletary. That upright running style, we know what that does to running backs. It's going to be hard. We love Zach Moss, and I get it, and I love him too. I watched the cat play at Utah, and I'm quite sure he's related to Santana Moss and Cenaris Moss, a part of that (laughs) Moss circle. So he has football in his lineage because he's from South Florida. But what I'll say is this, that upright running style leads to injuries. So, you know, still continue to hold on to Devin Singletary because I have a feeling he will get his shot to sign at some point throughout the course of the season too. Mike, I like I hate to say this, but I like Todd Gurley this week. Why? Nothing wrong with that. Cow- I like Todd Gurley last week. don't play no defense. Uh, dude, we, we're down Van Der Esch and Sean Lee. Okay, both of our, our, our top linebackers, boom. At least we got Jalen Smith. I mean, hopefully he didn't get hurt because that would just be an absolute nightmare. But 
you're looking at a team that's hurt in the middle of that that defense right now. And Malcolm Brown ran all over us. He looked like Eric freaking Dickerson. Okay, maybe not like Eric Dickerson, but you get the point. The numbers I were do. very, very comparable uh, to to Dickerson back in his salad days. So, Gurley's a good play. I mean, even even in a game last week where Atlanta was throwing the ball a bunch trying to erase a deficit, he still got his. They utilized him near the goal line. It's going to be a high scoring contest. Yeah, I mean, Todd Gurley's a very good RB two this week. Yeah, I like it. Doc, you touched on some. You touched on something that was important there. Everybody's overrating Malcolm Brown, in my opinion. Van Der Esch is a terrific run mm-hmm. out linebacker. And when he left the game, the Rams had 40 rushing attempts. And I mean, you're right. He looked like Eric Dickerson at points, but that doesn't mean he no, is Eric not. Dickerson. So I think people are completely overvaluing Malcolm Brown and bidding crazy bucks. You watching Fab in the high stakes leagues tonight, this guy will go for four or five, $600. That's lunacy. But I, I think Gurley's in a good spot this week. I think that look, if you're Atlanta, you want to you want to test the Cowboys' run defense. You want to test it out. Now, if you stop Gurley, well, then we'll beat you with Calvin Ridley or Julio Jones and Russell Gage and Hayden Hurst. But we're gonna we're gonna, they're gonna try to establish Gurley, and I think Gurley gets at least 15 carries. But I think once again, this is Dallas's game to win. You've got Zeke, you've got Dak, and you're playing one of the worst secondaries in football. If I had to rank one of the five worst, the Falcons would absolutely be there. So if this is not a week for Lamb and Gallup and Cooper, I just don't know what is. Doc, I'd play them all, man. I would play them all this week. No doubt. Let me ask y'all, y'all fellas about this as we get ready to wrap up and send you into Thursday Night Football. Hopefully everybody has a good night. Don't forget SI Fantasy Plus, SI Fantasy Pro, Michael Fabiano, Start Sit Column, now live on SI.com. Um... Is Jonathan Taylor an RB1 this week? Oh, yeah. Oh, I have him in my top 10. Yeah, no question about that. When you when you look at the volume that he saw last week, even a game where Naheem Hines had eight targets and eight catches uh, and led the backfield in snaps, Taylor still saw about 58% of the backfield touches, and Mack no longer obviously in the mix, unfortunately done for the season with the Achilles. Uh, you look at the matchup here against Minnesota. Uh, they gave it up to, to Green Bay last week. I believe they gave up the seventh or eighth most points to running backs in the opening week. Uh, the over-under is 47 and a half. So DK Sportsbook thinks that this is going to end up being a high-scoring game. He is absolutely a top eight to top ten play this week at the running back position. Yeah, Doc, I'm behind that. I'm like, man, I wish I had some more. Well, look, on DK, he's 5,700. Right. So immediately, you know, you want to try to hit three X. That's the ideal if you can get that. I mean, how does this guy not get at least 12 points? Right. It's, it's almost he can do it just by standing up. So he, he's a he's a definite play on a DFS roster. I, look, they, there's no way he doesn't get at least 20 touches of the football, even if Hines gets 15, which is a whole lot. Taylor's going to get 20. He's going to get 15 to 20 rushes. He's going to get three to six receptions. So, I mean, he's absolutely an RB1. So I think when you're setting DFS lineups, if you want to be contrarian and not play him, I get it. But if you're playing in cash games, uh, 5,700, sign me up for Taylor. Yeah, another thing to keep in mind too, guys, is that last year in Los Angeles, Shane Steichen, when he took over as the OC, the percentage of pass attempts that Phillip Rivers threw to his backs was unbelievable. It it was a league high. I think it was was in the high 30s. 44% of his pass attempts went to running backs in week one. So maybe it wasn't Steichen so much as it was Phillip Rivers just loves to throw the football to his running backs. And that's going to continue. Jonathan Taylor was not only exceptional as a runner, he was tremendous as a pass catcher as well. So that's huge. If you're going to be able to get 
you know, six or seven targets to Jonathan Taylor every single week out of the backfield. Boy, I tell you right now, he was worth every bit of his second-round pick for those of them who liked him that much, even with Marlon Mack in the mix. There you go right there. And on that note, we will send you in the Thursday Night Football. Best of luck for everybody on week two. Don't forget SI Gambling Podcast, SI Fantasy Pro and Plus. Just dominate all season long. For my guys, Dr. Roto and Michael Fabiano, I am Corey Parson, the fantasy executive, and we are out.